In this season of UK Export Advice, we've been hearing about how to use cross-border e-commerce to sell consumer goods to China. In this episode, we're getting a real insight into what life in China is really like, so we can better understand Chinese consumers. My name is David James, and in this episode, I'm talking to Yishu Wang, a marketing consultant who helps Western brands access China, and vice versa. But we're not talking about marketing strategy. We're talking about what daily life is really like for the millions of Chinese middle-class families. This is by far my favorite, and I think the most insightful and valuable episode in this current season, because I think it begins to help us understand just a little bit about who we are trying to sell to and their life and aspirations. Oh, and as a quick aside, if you'd like me to make a podcast or videos for your business, drop me a line on david at brighthorngroup.com. That's david at brighthorngroup.com or look me up on LinkedIn. I also make videos in Chinese too, if you're serious about getting into China. Ishu, um, the reason that I was really, really interested to talk to you is that I've done a number of episodes now about China okay. and I had expected to talk a lot more about business to business exporting because that's that's kind of where I feel more comfortable but I I dipped my toe into the China water and I've got swept along in the business to consumer torrent uh, and it seems like there's this huge amount of cross border e-commerce activity that's going on and I did an interview recently with somebody who said that the Chinese are spending something like 144 billion dollars every year cross-border on e-commerce platforms and I was just right. like that's huge mm -hmm. and I've just yeah. talked to Tom who's your husband from Verb mm -hmm. China who who was saying that by 2025 50 percent of luxury spending is going to be in China Globally, yes. yes. So, I guess what what I'm I'm fascinated by is although we've done all these episodes about the kind of mechanics of how we do cross border and a little bit about social media, China itself is still really opaque to me. I've got the okay. stereotypes and the, and the little bits that I've experienced. So I've been to Chinese New Year in London a couple of times and I know about the Chinese right. dragons and the lions and a little bit about Confucius and the Great Wall and pandas and it's a communist country and I know where it where is on the map, but I don't understand it at all. I don't know China. I don't know what life's like. So if, right. if you don't mind, I'd like to talk through a, a kind of typical day for a typical Chinese family and I, I, it, okay. it is as, as, as best you can really we, I know you're trying to talk <laughs> okay. for an entire nation as one person which yeah. is never easy but because we know absolutely nothing here in the west I don't think it'd just be mm -hmm. interesting so do you mind doing that Sure, sure, of course. I mean, well, I'm... I, I, sorry? Sorry, yeah. No, actually, just, just tell me a little bit about yourself, really, because I'm, I'm, I'm being a bit rude and, and asking you a technical <laughs> question before asking anything about yourself. So, uh, yeah, just, right. just tell me about yourself. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm Yishu. Um, so, I'm from China. I'm Chinese. I've been living in London for about nine years. Um, I initially came over to study, like most of Chinese people here, um, and I just stayed. Um, yeah, so, I I mean, to me, is London, like, every day, so, like, I'm learning everything new about about. London and about Britain so 
I'm kind of um, I can see I'm kind of I can see the difference between different cultures, the British culture and Chinese culture, and then um, and also because I, I work in marketing as well, so I worked in I work as a marketing consultant and also helping brands, um, international brands to go to China and also Chinese brands to go um, go to international markets. So. I can I can see the the differences in different in the two cultures, um, so yeah, it is definitely um, quite interesting topic for like in terms of what China is like. So let's start off, I, I guess, think... with the with the headlines. And what 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 are the big differences that are, are are really apparent to you as a Chinese person coming to to Britain? Um, I think I'm pretty sure everyone will have a different experience, but to to me, I think that the major difference is a sort of a sense of a community. Maybe because I am in London and I know London is, is different from the rest of the country, but um, in China, it feels like wherever you go, whatever you do, you always have a, a sense of a community. So if in, you know, in university, I, I went to Beijing for university, which is not my hometown, but I have a sense of community there with my friends. And so it's just not even friends, um, people who live in the same area. And of course, back at home, you're going to have a sense of community. It's not necessarily your um, friends. It's just like your neighbors, for example, and they all... They look out for each other. They share um, food sometimes even. So it's kind of very, very intimate in that sense. Um, it's different here in London, at least. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest differences I've, I've seen and I've experienced. Yeah, I mean, certainly I, I, I've travelled quite a lot. And, and one of the things that I'm almost embarrassed about is when I've traveled to all sorts of different countries I mean a lot of my travel has been in the in the Islamic world and if I turn up then people will invite me places or talk to me or <laughs> there's that I remember even yes. in, in Madrid a, a silly silly example but I, I was on the underground in Madrid on the on the train uh, and people were just talking to each other the yes. idea of yeah. people in London talking to each other in the tube you know people would l- really be nervous if you start talking to them because they think he's either going to attack yes. me or they're mad yep. or they want something um and i think i, I don't think we're we're as aware of it in britain if you've not traveled as much is that we don't you know if if because uh, yeah. I, I was I, you know i've heard stories of people going to china and then being invited places and be, but you know we see chinese people on the street and we all ignore mm. them we, we, yeah. it, it's, it's true. I'm, I'm not saying that's just Chinese people, but we don't we don't talk to people in the UK. So that that's no. that's an interesting um, observation. Yeah. But anyway, it's, I don't want to talk too much about Britain. We're, we need to talk, we need to find out about out about China. So um, yeah. is, is there anything else that that that's stuck out? Um, well, I guess hmm, I think that that's very. Just what I said is like the sense of community. It just kind of the the is very obvious as soon as I sort of got off the plan plane and and they came to um, my flat in London. Um, another thing I guess is uh, I guess it's also connected. It's a sort of a, a sort of a the, the sense of um, an individual. So here it's more like um, in the UK, what I feel like is just you're an independent individual and you do things um, because you 
feel this is the right thing to do, which I mean is great. There's no right or wrong, but uh, um, I feel like in, in China it's more like what I'm doing is like how this can affect everyone that around me. Is that gonna you know what's the impact it will have on the people close to to on the people clo- who are close to me? So a kind of a that. I guess it's connected to the sense of community um, again, but I, I guess that's another thing that I noticed. Hmm. So, if you don't mind, let's let's have a have a walk through a, a typical Chinese family day. I know, I know it's a very sure. strange thing to attempt, but like in the mm. UK, you know, we might wake up at seven seven thirty, and mum and dad will reach for our phones and we'll look at Facebook and maybe the news and maybe check email. And then we'll get mm-hmm. up and breakfast is cereal. What what does what does a morning look like for a Chinese family? Okay, um, well, morning's always busy, as far as I remembered. I remember when I, you know, when I was a kid and back in China. So in the morning, our school days started from seven seven thirty in the morning. Um, so we need to get there by seven thirty. Um, I think kids is probably slightly better nowadays. Um, kids. Pro- but I don't think it would be later than eight or something like that in the morning. So you need to get ready, get up and get ready. And um, so usually you have breakfast at home. Um, in terms of what well, breakfast is a big topic, I like. I don't think I can tell you that people will have this one certain thing as breakfast. Um, so it is. So the the offer the office at, at uh, breakfast is so so different different whether if you are in different parts of china i'm from the south so the and as each province has those are different options so so what i usually have as a as a kid back in china um, as breakfast you could have congees or noodles or sometimes just dumplings but people in the north they'll have dumplings as a formal meal in the for dinner for example so it's it's very different but i would say the options that breakfast you always have a different breakfast every day um and then so kids will have breakfast at home and then um, they quickly just get ready. And then usually just one mum or dad or the grandparents will, will send the kids to school. Um, the grandparents, depends on how old the, the kids are, the younger they are, the more likely they'll have grandparents living with them. So there will be um, the grandparents who may be taking them to school and then mum and dad just go to work. Um, so June, I think usually nowadays people work long hours in China. There's a concept currently in tier one cities. We're talking about Beijing or Shanghai. There's a concept called 996. I don't know if you heard, if you heard of that. Um, so it means 9am to 9pm, six days a week. So that's, that's their working hours. It's not in the contract, but that's just how everyone works. Um, yeah, so everyone works very long hours. How and then, uh, I guess culturally, it's also very interesting with the lunch break. A lot of companies actually do two hours lunch break. They have one hour just for food, and another hour just have a nap. Um, yeah, having lunch naps is also quite common in Chinese culture. Um, we most people do that. Um, where, where would you where would you nap? 
Good question. Um, traditionally, just at the, in the office space. <laughs> not, on, you know, on a I'm chair not or about is, a, there's a bed or? No, no, there's no bed. Well, I guess nowadays with all startup or tech companies, they will probably have like a pot. But no, usually people just um, have a nap on the, at their desk. Not like lying down, but, you know, just, just rest. Okay. So that's that's... A really, I mean, that sounds like a, a, an American on steroids working day. I mean, the Americans are famous <laughs> for working silly hours. Um, yes. So the kids go to school at eight. Mm-hmm. When do they come home and what do they do until 9 p.m. when mum and dad come home? And are oh, mum yeah. and dad both working? Yes. So most of, most parents are working in China, I would say. Um, so usually it's the grandparents who who are actually looking after the kids. They're taking, um, picking them up from school and sending, dropping them off at school and just, you know, cooking meals for them. So mostly it's the grandparents. I grew up with my grandma um, as well. So, yeah, she looked after me while my, my parents worked. Um, so, yeah, it is still very common. Um, all my friends back in China who are who have kids now, they have their their mom and dad, so the grandparents looking after their, their children and then they go to work. It's not it's not ideal, but on the one other hand, kids do spend lots of time with grandparents, which is just quite nice. Okay, and China's a, a, a pretty urban nation in terms of there's been that huge urbanization of people coming from the countryside to to the city. Yes. So let's let's talk, talk on the on the typical of people in cities. Uh, mm-hmm. Are people living in high-rise apartments? Are they yes. what kind of houses so, are people of, and how do they go to work? Do they go right. on a because we've got the view of everybody goes on a bicycle, like mm-hmm. the uh, Katie right. Mellower song. Um, mm-hmm. Are people going to use public transport? Are they going to drive? Are they going to go on a bicycle? And how's that changing? Right. So yeah, most people live in apartments in China. That's uh, changing slowly, where you have um, more affluent people just living in sort of two stories sort of a mini detached houses but that's still very rare so most majority of the people still live in apartments so very high rise um you get up to i don't know like 30 something floors or even higher um usually people drive i think that's that's also a Traffic is a huge problem in China. That's also the uh, part of the cause of the pollution. So most people drive to work. Um, if you live in Beijing or Shanghai, a lot of people would also take public transport because it's just easier and quicker to get to work. Um, but I think outside of Beijing or Shanghai, there's, you get more people drive than taking public transport. Um yeah, so it's very common for people to have multiple cars per household. Nowadays, um, it's just easier that way. So where's everybody, if, if people are living in high-rise apartments, where are they putting their cars? Do they park on the street? Are there massive oh, car parks? Yeah. So in those high, high-rise high apartments, they have sort of, they group them in different compounds, basically. It's called xiaochu in Chinese. So you will, it's a kind of a gated community with uh with space inside with different uh, buildings with apartments in and also you have a sort of recreation areas a little bit green area and also um, parking space within some some places also have underground parking as well 
so if there's a high rise with parking enough par- is, do people have one car per family typically or is it two cars and i'm guessing you're talking about massive parking lots around one yes. high rise building yes so uh, i think one car is very common two two cars per household is so so i think very very common because they're like suppose the, the the mom and dad also work in different places. They they have to drive to work separately. Um, so what happens is that you you so for example, well parking it is a major problem in China. So you see a lot of par- uh, cars parked or just on the street on um, or on the dedicated the sort of whatever whenever you can find a spot <laughs> there's a parking spot sometimes there's, there's there is a problem but with the sort of underground parking or parking lots you see there's kind of a lift you put a car in and you got lift up and then you have a space underneath the that car that can park another one i i actually i i don't drive so i, I don't know how that actually works but i've seen that in china uh and so if people are working six days a week Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm assuming so. There's seven days like there is in the West because we yes. you can't take anything for granted. And, and is there 24 hours in it? It sounds like a stupid question, but because China <laughs> developed very differently from the West, I'm guessing there's yeah. 24 hours in a day, and an hour is the same sort of length. There's there's not. Yes, yes. I would I'd, I'd be fascinated to know how that's the case because it is. How did, it is very. Um, I have to say the the working life in china is very stressful i have friends um, most of my friends work in sort of marketing and media whenever i talk to them whenever i sort of send them messages on which i'm trying to chat they they're always talk um working no matter when no matter they're always working which is sounds really sad but um I mean, China's maybe that's the reason why China's economy has grown so fast because every everyone's been working nonstop. So, which day of the week is the seventh day when we get a break? Uh, usually, people get break. I think usually people get weekends off. So, is it, is it? They do have so weekends is weekend off, Saturday but... Sunday the same? Yes, yes, it's the same. That's okay, the same. and is Sunday the day that people are more likely to take off, or that it could be the Saturday or the Sunday? Could be, it could be the Saturday or Sunday. It really depends. Uh, I think when they say nine oh six, I people don't necessarily need to go to office on a Saturday or Sunday, but they just have to work and it's nonstop. Like they work wherever they are. I got you. And now everybody's connected yeah. and their phones and all the rest of it. It's yes. just. People. Yeah, and everyone works on their WeChat. So, WeChat is this messaging app that, when it initially launched, people were thinking, "Oh, it's just another version of WhatsApp." Um, yes and no. It is. I think messaging it is is, uh, is the the core function of WeChat, but it has also you know there's a Facebook feed alike function, and you also have uh, is your your um, mobile wallet so you use your phone to wechat app to pay for groceries or shoppings or bills whatever um so then so it's kind of a super app of everything so people also use that as uh, basically it replaced email so email never actually worked in china but people use wechat for both personal and professional um, communications and what would people typically do on the weekend when they're half working and half half doing something else what's the half something else that people would do together mm, uh, 
having food, <laughs> having going out for nice meals. So food is a very important part of Chinese culture. Everyone, I think, every Chinese person would probably tell you this. It is just so important.、Um, so interesting. Whenever so, if if someone learns starts to learn Chinese English, for example, they will probably learn hi, how are you, and that kind. Of, that's the basic, you know, greetings. In Chinese, the greeting is "Have you eaten?" That's the standard Chinese greeting.、Um, so yeah, food is very important. So I, when when whenever people have time to relax, or even when they don't have time to relax, they will just go somewhere nice to eat and、uh, with grand friends and family. Yeah, that's that's very important. That's typical. And and in terms of friends and family, are And this is probably a, a much more down to the individual, but are, are people meeting old school friends or university friends, or is it people from work? Is is there、uh, is there a type of out of work community that people meet with typically? That's that's a very good question because this is another sort of difference I've noticed since moving to London. People have so everyone has different group friends groups. So, like friends from school, friends from uni, and then friends from work, and friends from certain whatever. But in China, you just have friends. You have you you still have those different groups of fan, friends, but they they really get mixed together, which is quite nice. So, just everyone's good. You just if you know one person in China, they will get introduce you to this this group and that group, and then you just instantly got more friends. So. In terms of friends, back to your question, is pretty much just who can be work friends, can be friends from school, can be your neighbours, even can be friends you've grown up with. So yeah, can be anyone. In terms of career and life, I know we've kind of drifted away from a chronological look at the world, but in terms、mm-hmm. of career and life, what what do people aspire to, either professionally or personally? What 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 a Typically, I know I know it's every everybody's、mm-hmm. different, but what would be a typical aspiration? Um, I think in this sense, it's I think it, professionally, like in, if we look at、um, working life, is I think it's very personal. I think it's very similar to um to the American culture. So everyone wants to aspire to be. Um, successful to have to be a very senior to have to be in a senior role in big corporations and to、um, you know making big、uh, good salaries having been able to afford nice house nice cars nice clothes and nice everything it's it's very similar to to、um, things in America I, I feel like and I'm guessing if people are working nine till nine. Six days a week. What what does shopping look like, and when, when on earth do you buy food to do all this cooking? Yeah, most of shopping hap- nowadays happens online, especially with food.、Um, for example, office lunches. They people don't 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 they don't they don't really pack lunches for、um, for work. They just buy order takeaways and at lunchtime. So just everything happens on your phone. They use. Mobile phones order food,、um, even in, especially actually, if you look at the younger generation,、um, sort of like in the mid twenty or like twenty in their twenties or even early thirties, they 
if they live in Beijing or Shanghai in a busy job, with a busy job, they don't really cook. They just live on takeaway, and actually, is not that much more expensive than doing the grocery and cook yourself in China. Okay, so that's where you buy back some of this time that you're burning up at work. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing people in China are quite time poor in terms of time to yourself. When you do yes, get those o- so. occasional moments, I mean, like in the UK, the national sport is sitting on the sofa and watching telly. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, it's it's changed a little bit in terms of, you know, you can be sitting on the sofa with the telly on, but you're actually looking at your phone. But yeah. what do people, you know, you get home nine o'clock, if it was a Brit, nine o'clock, you would be very grumpy and you would moan uh, and it would all be about Mm. stuffing donuts in your face complaining about work and then just (laughs) vegging out on the sofa what 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 would a chinese family do at at 9 p.m when they finally get Uh, home um they'll still i guess sit around and then just the parents will definitely ask kids how's the day what did you learn at school did you learn anything new so the kids are still up at 9 p.m um, yes, usually um, with loads of schools, homework. That's yeah, that's school life. School life in China is really really tough. Okay. <laughs> so the yeah. so the kids are still up. They, they've the kids have had to get up at I don't know six or Probably something six, like that. Uh, yeah, usually at six. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and so the evening's packed full of homework or perhaps a sports mm-hmm. club. And when you get home, you're going to, you're not going to just ignore each other and put the telly on. You're going to sit together as a family and you're going to chat. Yeah, you will have a chat. And then usually will be the uh, kids will do homework and then parents will check in every now and then they do need any help or talk through uh, help with homework or just say what what you've learned. Um, And I reckon a lot of people would also just do a little bit more work even (laughs) when they're back home after a long day actually when you're saying nine till nine are, are people usually coming home earlier than nine and then carrying um, on work or, or or are people literally getting home at 9 p.m it depends but most of the case people stay in office not well i said night to nine, but not necessarily just night sharp what it means is like past 9 p.m or at least a 9 p.m for example so people tend to stay in the office um it's it's almost seen as a dedication to work so you need to show people especially your, your managers at work that you are dedicated to this job so you stay quite late um yeah so usually stay late then around nine or even later than nine wow okay so i guess you've explained it a little bit in terms of you were saying that community is very important and also mm-hmm. what were you saying how this would affect other people so i guess there's that sense of duty in terms of oh, this presentation has got to be ready for tomorrow I'm going to yeah. stay. I'm. I'm not even going to sleep. I'm. I'll, I'll brush my teeth at seven o'clock in the morning when people come back into the office. But I've been there all night and full of caffeine or whatever. Yeah. Um, I guess because what, what, what's that doing, doing that. to people though? I mean, is is yeah. are, are people burning out? Or yes. I mean, what's what's what are the health issues that people are having? Uh, and and I, I'm asking a lot of questions in one go. I'm not giving you a chance to actually open your mouth <laughs> and answer right. any of it, but. 
like in the in the UK, you know, thirty percent of of people are obese, and it's you know similar in America, etc. What 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 kind of what are the health problems that people have, and those that are work related? Um, I guess, I mean, what like doing exercise is actually getting more and more popular nowadays in China. People know that it's important that they need to go to the gym, they need to work out. Um, so people are more aware of their physical health. Um, the the sort of awareness of mental health is still quite bad in China. I I would say, um, it's it's still like, I guess it's the same in the West, but it's it's more so in China that you just you can't talk about mental health. That you can't talk about. Um, it's not like you can't. No one's putting rules against that, but you just don't feel comfortable talking about mental health. Um, with long working hours and stressful work, and like everyone is stressed out. It is, and they are also worried. Work is only one thing. They're also worried about um, if their children are doing well in in at school, for example, um, because school study it is also very stressful for for kids. Um, so yeah, everyone's kind of stressed, but um, mental health has been that it's been an issue, but no one's really sort of doing anything about it. I think most most of the time people just just keep working and keep just doing the daily stuff and they actually left no time to even feel to feel do you know what i mean like to feel bad or feel pressured or feel anything yeah no yeah no totally i i've 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 been in environments where for long periods of time you just you you don't realize you're stressed because you've known nothing but that and then suddenly either something conks out or you suddenly have a health wobble or something and you kind of mm-hmm. go, oh, you, you yeah. kind of take a break. Okay, so yeah. um, so life's very busy. People, now with Tom, I was talking to Tom, your husband, uh, in, in a previous episode and luxury goods are a big mm-hmm. deal. So I'm guessing, yes. do people have typically a, a reasonable amount of disposable income? And if they do, what are they spending it on? Um, if you live in tier one cities, you it's very likely that you will have in. Uh, I wouldn't say like quite a lot. I think, for example, most of my friends who work in media and communications and marketing, you're looking about um, twenty grand Chinese yuan. It's about two thousand pounds per month. Um, with probably like five years experience if they're more senior and of course they'll have more um, money to spend with that they'll on rent they will spend um at least 500 i'm talking about pounds now five about 500 pounds a month on rent and then the rest of money um usually they just spend on luxury goods and you know the day-to-day activities and the food um clothes and and luxury goods and also entertainment for example um yeah and then sometimes they'll also save some money to when they travel to plan for holidays and stuff okay so let's talk let's do travel first then where 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 do people Mm -hmm. go on holiday um so yeah in the last i would say 10 years more chinese 
travelers are traveling overseas, so like internationally. So initially it was um, the America and Europe. They're the two most popular destinations. Now um, people are getting more to into niche destinations. For example, Croatia was, has been really popular last year, and Morocco. Um, yeah, there's kind of a more niche destinations, but still, if you look Paris, I've I'd, you must been to Paris. Like if you have, if you ever go to Galerie Lafayette in Paris, it's just full of Chinese tourists. So Paris is really popular. Um, the same as Italy, Spain is so so popular. U- the UK is so so very popular, and uh, yeah, and then Australia. New Zealand, New Zealand's doing very well with Chinese tourists. They, they have a very good marketing campaign and they always have good marketing campaigns in China. So they're getting quite a lot of Chinese tourists over. Um, yeah, and then just in general, close countries close to China, Southeast Asia has been really popular as well. So if I was going to talk typically about a, a, a Brit and it's, you know, we can only talk in stereotypes because we're broad brushing, mm-hmm. but lots of people want to just sit on a beach or not even on a beach sit near a beach at a pool Mm -hmm. on a sun lounger and they'll stay there for two weeks Uh, what what do chinese people do on holiday what would a chinese holiday do people go to china on holiday and would they go to the mountains would they go skiing would they go to the beach would they go to family what 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 would or what is a typical chinese staycation as we call it right yeah they will go to uh mountains and different sort of tourism spots in different cities or different provinces for example they also go to see friends or family who live in somewhere else um uh yeah i think usually if they stay in china or travel within china that will be the place sort of still like touristy stuff and all visiting friends and family excellent now i'm i'm mindful that i sort of get you off uh uh because we're, we're recording this in the evening and i know you've got a young child and i we've, we've started a little bit late but um what i guess what is the stereotypical view of britain from china what what's famous here right and what, what does a british person look like through a chinese lens um, I guess I think if you go to China and ask them what they when they what do you think about British Britain or British people, there's a like, gentleman. This British gentleman is is one um, probably one of the first things people will say, and also the the royal family. Um, people know this is one another sort of a symbol of Britain. Um, yeah, and those are just traditional sort of British. Um, aristocracy, um, you know, the beautiful countryside and just that kind of thing. Wonderful. Now, I think I'd, I'd love to talk to you again on, a, on another episode, but I, I already have got a much better sense of what life is like in China. So really appreciate That's that good. issue. That's um, good. I, I, there's a million other questions I'd love to ask you about, like who's famous and why are they famous and what are they famous on? Are they <laughs> cinema stars? Are they TV stars? Are they theatre? Is it music? What? So th- there's a, there's a million other questions I'd love to ask you, but um, <laughs> I, I think that's that's one for another time. So is, is there anything okay. else that you you think would just be a a, a, a little 
nugget of value for those people that are trying to understand China as as a culture from a from afar? Well, um, I think yeah, every culture, of course, every culture will be different. But then, uh, to me, I, I just think people will still be people. You know, like they they care about their family, they care about their work, or they care about themselves. Uh, like they want to. They want to be nice. They want to be good. They want to have good things in their life. Um, I think that's that's universal. So, well, of course, when you know how they express their, for example, express their love will be different. How they how they show that they care is, would also be different. But then ultimately, people just want nice things to themselves and to their family. Wonderful, Isha. It's, it's genuinely been fascinating and I, I if you don't mind I'd, I'd love to ask you back on the of podcast course. again at some point and ask you another whole load of seemingly stupid questions about things that must seem <laughs> no, very mundane to you but it's, it's fascinating to me so thank you very much for your time it's, thank you it's really good to, for me to know that some things are not like I those too familiar to me it's like ah oh, to know that sometimes it's not sort of given as well yeah yeah, I, I think this is this is the thing that you know from all of my traveling is that people are people and we're, we're not nearly as different as, as we think perhaps we are. Yes, I, I do think so. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time. I'll let you uh, carry you. on and have a have a little bit of an evening left before uh, it's time for bed okay. for everybody. All right. Thank you. Bye, Ishu. Bye, David. My name is David James and I'd just like to say a big thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of UK Export Advice. Please do let others know about the podcast and why not also check out the Midlands Export Podcast which I produce for the Department for International Trade. If you'd like me to produce a podcast or video for your organisation, please do get in touch via LinkedIn or email me on david at brighthorngroup.com. That's David at Bright, as in star, horn, as in trumpet, group.com. Thanks again for listening and good luck with all your endeavours.